to River City 360, views and news from around Winnipeg. My name is Nolan Bicknell. With me, as always, is my co-host, Robert Zirk. On today's show, how can you help those in need during difficult hospital stays? If you've got jackets, clothes, deodorant, or other amenities, the Health Sciences Centre is looking for donations. We'll be joined by Evelyn Casey, Manager of Volunteer Services at HSC, to talk about their call for donations as well as their volunteer program. Then, in our continuing coverage of many different projects working towards reconciliation, we're going to be speaking with Hope McIntyre. She's the Artistic Director at Sarasvati Productions. And we'll learn about Sarasvati's collaborative project, Seven Sacred Teachings, and how it will promote reconciliation through storytelling. Then, if your kids or grandkids enjoy reading books, we'll tell you about this weekend's readathon put on by West Broadway Youth Outreach and the Law Society of Manitoba. We'll speak with Ken Opalecki, Executive Director of West Broadway Youth Outreach, and learn all about it. And finally, this week's Winnipeg impact maker is Dallas Friesen and his organization, Lynn's Heating, Cooling, Sewer, and Drain. They've been helping out the community by volunteering their time at Agape Table. We've got all this, some great tunes, and much, much more on today's episode of River City 360. Hello, and welcome to River City 360. Nolan and Robert coming at you today from the corner of Portage in Maine, as we are every week. Robert, how's this week been treating you so far? It's been a pretty good week, Nolan. How about yourself? Pretty good. I've had an energy drink. I'm ready to uh, get going on this show. It's always a pleasure to sit down and talk to you about the happenings here in Winnipeg and, and just kind of tell the people of good stories about good people doing good work here in Winnipeg. Yeah, we're so happy that we uh, that we get the opportunity to do this each and every single week. It's a pretty good, it's good for the soul, I think. You know, when you tune into River City 360, you get four or five stories every week of people who are really making an impact and making a difference in their communities. And today is no exception. We've got, and if you want to make an impact in your community, if you live in or around the Health Sciences Center, or even if you don't, they've got a new call for donations. Um, they need jackets, they need deodorant, they need all sorts of amenities for people who are staying at the hospital who maybe got you know helicoptered in or ambulanced in from out of the city and then they don't have a jacket or they don't have clothes or they don't have socks so we're going to talk uh, we're going to talk a little bit about how you can help out those people a little bit later on in the show we're also going to learn about uh the winnipeg impact maker for this week uh lynn's heating cooling sewer and drain uh and Dallas Friesen, who, who's one of the owners of the organization, is going to talk about their uh, volunteer work at Agape Table. We're going to learn about a readathon this weekend, as well as a reconciliation project from the Winnipeg Foundation's Reconciliation Grant Stream. So it's a full show, but we always kick off River City 360 with a song. So uh, what have you got for us this week, Roberto? This week we'll start things off with Denise Lore and If I Give My Heart to You, right here on River City 360. <laughs> to you Will you handle it with care Will you always treat me tenderly And in every way be fair If I give my heart to you Will you give me all your love 
you swear that you'll be true to me by the light that shines above and will you sigh with me when I'm If you do If you promise all these things to me Then I'll give my heart to you Thank you for listening to River City 360. My name is Nolan Bicknell, and I'm now joined in studio by Evelyn Casey. She's the manager of volunteer services at the Health Science Center. Evelyn, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Nolan. We wanted to have you on the show to talk a little bit about some maybe lesser known needs that HSC has, because obviously people probably understand the hospital side of things, but let's talk a little bit about other donations that things like magazines, books, and clothing. Talk Tell me a little bit about the reading cart and how often it goes out and, and what the reading cart is exactly for people who, who haven't uh, heard of it. Okay, so yes, we have a, uh, a reading uh, book cart that goes out uh, about 20 times a week into our adult patient care areas. Uh, so over to women's, uh, psych health, uh, our two adult towers, and then over to rehab. So uh, at any given time, it's going out twice a day, and a lot of re- reading material is being taken from our carts. And, um, and of course, that doesn't come back in. This is not a lending library. Uh, so we are in constant need of newer magazines within the past two years for our adult patients to read while they're in hospital. For sure. And then how important is it for people to be able to take their minds off of things when they're, you know, stuck in a hospital bed sometimes for... for Lots of time. Uh, it's very, very important. So any kind of distraction is important. Uh, even just a little interaction and dialogue with the volunteers. Sometimes some of our patients don't have a lot of visitors. So that's that little visit that they get twice a day while they're collecting reading material. Um, so for any of us who've been in hospital, we know that it can be a long day. Um, it's a busy place. So there's lots of things happening. So the reading material is a great distraction. When we talk about volunteers, I was reading earlier today that there's over 700 a month that go through HSC. What, what kind of, give me some opportunities 
like ideas of what sorts of volunteer opportunities there are as well that we have well uh, obviously the book cart is one of them um, we have many different opportunities uh, right now um, we're looking for volunteers who would like to visit with patients so you have to be comfortable being on the unit with uh, with patients who are obviously uh, hospitalized and sick and, and having some challenges um, we have uh, volunteer opportunities for our ambassadors so when you come to HSC uh, we are a huge campus um, it's like a little city in a city and so if we have volunteers on the floor helping people to navigate and getting them from their appointments so we deal with all of the outpatients that come to HSC uh, or family that are coming to visit um, we have volunteers and children's we have about 250 volunteers and children's we have recreational programming in our rehab in the evenings uh, as well as our psych health areas we have food service for our younger people we have a gift shop where we're needing volunteers during the day right now as well Monday through Friday wow. so there are many many different opportunities uh, right now we're primarily looking to fill daytime Monday through Friday mm -hmm, for sure so I mean sounds like there's something for everyone you know if you have a bit of time during the day to come and help out and make brighten someone's day in a way absolutely so we're uh, we do a heavy screening process so you can apply online uh, but we do an interview uh, we are looking for references we do child abuse registry as well as adult abuse registry for our um, uh, high-risk areas uh, so we conduct those and and again you know we make sure that you're the right fit for us and vice versa so for that's sure. really important absolutely well, before we kind of went online here we were talking a little bit about the the clothing depot and i had no idea about it so maybe tell our listeners um maybe how the clothing depot works what it's for and and, and who's it who it's benefiting so the clothing depot is for any of our adult patient care people um, who've come in they could be long stay they could be short stay so we have a uh, a big depot that the volunteers run uh, the depot is actually run by our supported volunteers and their support staff so we have teams uh, 10 different teams that come in they pick up the donations they sort and then they group them um, then we have a mini clothing depot in our adult emerge so the emerge staff are able to quickly grab whatever they might need so again if you're coming in you've been flown in uh, by stars perhaps you don't have a jacket and now you're going to be discharged you need a winter jacket so uh, this year has been particularly challenging for for some of our winter gear so what what sorts of things can people donate if they have clean and uh probably slightly used but still relatively new clothing to, to donate right so we're looking for clean absolutely clean um, gently used uh, clothes that are comfy so pants um, good good footwear practical clothes so we're not looking for dressy we're we're only looking for adult clothing uh, even sweatpants um, we purchase our underwear so sometimes people will donate money to help us towards purchasing of our underwear and our socks um, but the rest of our clothing depot is all by donation it's good to get the word you know you don't think of because I was um, actually ambulance to Winnipeg when I was younger and you don't even think yeah grab the winter jacket grab the clothes grab the toques and mitts and hoodies and stuff that would you'd need in a Winnipeg winter right so it's, it's interesting to think about that because not a lot of people probably do. No, and, and even, um, you know, we have parents that are flowing in or jump in a car. And so sometimes the parents come and, and now they're trugging around HSC in their winter boots. And what they really need is just a pair of running shoes while they're right. staying, you know, in Canadians to go back and forth to Children's Hospital. So it's not even just our patients necessarily. We try to help anybody that needs help that's uh, at the campus at that time. How important are these donations and these volunteers to HSC uh, being able to... to give the quality of care that people deserve. 
You know, I think it's absolutely critical. It's that piece that, um, of course, we have medical staff that deal with the medical issues, but these are the, the side issues. Like the human side of things. The human, almost, yeah. human side, by, by for sure. Um, so whether it's um, helping somebody to have a pair of pants, literally, as they're exiting, um, or perhaps their long stay, and so now um, they would like a, a new T-shirt. Um, sometimes that's the highlight of a very long stay, which mm-hmm. is, you know, just how it happens to go. Um, we all know that uh, being in hospital can also be quite costly. So when families come, uh, income is interrupted, people are not working, and so they don't want to go out and have to buy a new jacket when they know there's one at home waiting for them. So if they can leave with a gently used one and then pass it forward, um, that that's how it works. That's huge. So if someone out there is listening right now and has some time during Monday to Friday, nine to five to volunteer or has, you know, some old jackets that are still in great condition and still clean, uh, where can they find more information and how can they donate to these wonderful causes? So you can go to our HSE website. There's a volunteer tab if you're interested in volunteering. Um, So again, you'll see there's a youth application as well as an adult application. Uh, The more information that you provide for us uh, is important. Um, We are looking for a weekly commitment and then for up to 60 hours so we spend a lot of time training our volunteers preparing them to be on the floor Uh, this is a a, an acute uh, hospital setting so we need to make sure that our volunteers are trained properly Um, so it is a commitment Um, the clothing depot and the magazines uh, people can call ahead lots of people are just pulling into the 820 Sherbrooke loop and they call up and then we run down and we we help you unload them from your car fantastic so hsc.mb.ca for more information you can find all there there's a volunteers tab there and it has all the sorts of information that you need uh, is there anything else you'd like to add to the to Winnipeg listening right now when it comes to volunteer services at HSC Sure. Uh, well, we also do hygiene packs, and oh, so right. uh, we we have a good supply of everything at the moment, except for deodorant. So okay. if you're gathering together some magazines to drop off, and you've got a couple of sticks of deodorant that you can send us, uh, preferably unscented, because we are an unscented facility. Gotcha. Um, but that would be wonderful. And again, that's going to go to somebody who, you know, might be in hospital and and uh, just needs to feel a little bit better about themselves. So that's uh, going to help put somebody up. Absolutely huge. So. If you want to feel good for helping out HSC, uh, go to hsc.mb.ca. Magazines, books, gently used clothing, winter winter coats, deodorant, non-scented, uh, anything you can supply is definitely going to help HSC and help those in need. So uh, what better opportunity to do that? Evelyn Casey, Manager of Volunteer Services at HSC. Thank you so much for your time, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Nolan. Thanks, Nolan. Coming up next, we'll have my conversation with Hope McIntyre, Artistic Director of Sarasvati Productions. Hope has been on the show before, but this time we're talking about a very special collaborative project called Seven Sacred Teachings, which is going to promote reconciliation in our community through storytelling. We'll learn all about Seven Sacred Teachings after our next musical break. But before we get to that, here is Michelle Legrand with Sea and Sky, right here on River City 360. Just think about it The waves are always flying The seabirds always crying Where time means nothing In 
anymore If I could I would take up the sea Join hands with the sky I'd melt with the shore They're part of all I adore And all the love we will share One moment Back to River City 360. Robert Zirk here with you today, and I am now joined by Hope McIntyre, the artistic director of Sarasvati Productions. Hope, thank you so much for speaking with me today. Absolutely happy to be here. So we're here to talk about Sarasvati's project called Seven Sacred Teachings, which recently received a reconciliation grant from the Winnipeg Foundation. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about the project? What is Seven Sacred Teachings? Absolutely. I think it's a very interesting project for us because we've kind of set some parameters and what our goals and intentions are. But we're starting off with the consultation or engagement circles with uh, youth and organizations that we're partnering with. And what's great about this is that there will be the opportunity for the project to grow from there. So our ultimate aim is to work with seven youth-serving Indigenous organizations and do theatre and arts-based workshops with their youth to hear and explore stories using the seven sacred teachings as a launching pad, but primarily looking at what do those teachings mean in this day and age from a perspective of reconciliation and and you know, to be frank, racism and colonialism, and how does that affect this heritage that these youth have kind of been taught or not been taught and are experiencing in the world around them. So there'll be uh, a series of seven workshops at different organizations culminating in a huge amount of stories, experiences, teachings that an artistic team of Indigenous artists will work to then put into a public presentation in May 2020. We're looking at a, a large outdoor public gathering, sharing, celebration, and performance. So for us, it's, a, it's about that beautiful work of collaborating with the community and finding the right way and the way to honor their stories for the larger public. Why was it important for Sarasvati to initiate this project? Well, we have been talking about our role in not just reconciliation, but the larger question of representation for some time. So over a year ago, we joined the uh, Winnipeg City of Winnipeg Indigenous Accord, and we founded an Indigenous Advisory Committee and hired an Indigenous Outreach Coordinator. And this was a way of starting to have the conversation about, yeah, our responsibility as a theatre company 
And there's lots of conversations happening in the arts world around this. In fact, I just got back from a festival in Ottawa where there was a panel discussing this very topic because historically there has not been inclusion in the theatre industry. So this is our way of dealing both with it as an industry, how do we open up the arts and theatre, but also knowing that the stories we are telling need to reflect our community. Ultimately, what we hope is post the performance and in an ongoing manner, we will find new processes, new ways of working, build bridges, ongoing relationships and partnerships so that it's not that we've, okay, we did reconciliation, we're done, we can put that aside. This is just a start for us of how we want to change and adapt what we do in the long term to make sure where we're finding better ways to really work with our community. How will the Seven Sacred Teachings Project get started? You mentioned a lot of different collaborations that you're planning on, on working on. Tell us a little bit about how things will get rolling. So we've jumped in with both feet already. So we've hired a project coordinator, Nova Kurshen, who uh, also works with Native Youth Theatre at MTYP. So she's got great experience on the theatre side and also as an Indigenous member herself who's really worked with a lot of other organizations and so we're very excited to have her organizing and pulling things together Uh, and we've already begun to line up with our partner organizations uh, consultation circles with Nadinawe and Marymount and Indigenous Leadership Development Institute uh, with the Knowles Center we've been talking with Children of the Earth High School so a lot of our initial thing is just getting people in the room to start to talk about the best way to move forward. So again, we're, we're not imposing a structure. And Jamie Black, as a visual artist, is, is working with us as well. So we're excited. She has done the Red Dress Project. She's been very active, particularly for the murdered and missing Indigenous women cause. And so she will be participating in these consultation circles as an artist. So in uh, May of this year, 2019, we want to present back to the public and everyone who's participated what we've gathered and learned from the initial consultation circles and Jamie will find an artistically exciting and interesting way to reflect that back we're calling that kind of just the consultation phase and then starting in June we'll be doing the workshop phase of working ongoing basis with these seven youth Indigenous organizations to gather the stories. And so it's a long process. And I think that's important to make sure we're being truly collaborative. I'm wondering if you can speak to why it's important for community to, in a collaborative way, to guide the action toward reconciliation. I think what has been very educational for me, and I have to say, you know, as a settler coming into this project, I often feel that I am learning so much from our Indigenous Advisory Committee, from the artists that we are working with, and we don't, we don't know what we don't know. And I think we can't, as a settler, as a, someone who hasn't come from that experience, try to figure out how to reflect that experience. So for us, It's hard because it's very amorphous. People will say, well, what is this going to look like? And we can say, well, it might look something like this, but it has to come from the community. So we can't dictate what the stories will end up being or how they want it to be artistically presented. And I think that that is very important. It's about if we want to be collaborative, it has to be a true partnership. 
and not an imposed partnership because that's unfortunately the reason we need reconciliation is for far too long it has not been a two-way street and our advisory has been wonderful about really kind of let's just put out there the fact that you know we're talking about institutionalized racism and we can't continue to use the same structures or we are not actually honoring reconciliation. So it might be a little early to speak in specifics, but I'm wondering in a general sense, what would the success of this project look like for you? And what do you foresee the lasting impacts in the community being? I think for us, success would be a having long-term positive relationships with Indigenous community organizations and Indigenous artists, and that would move beyond this project for our foreseeable future as an organization. So that's kind of on the artistic and uh, community side. On the, I think, larger public impact, again, I think the arts are unique in the way that they can allow for a much more visceral experience. So when you start talking colonialization and racism and representation, a lot of people tune out, people who may not understand the issues or may be reluctant to uh, engage in that conversation. But to see it expressed and experienced through dance, through theater, through film, through music, I think will open the doors to a larger public who might not engage otherwise. So our other goal and hoping lasting impact is that it will initiate an important dialogue or new insights or perspectives to audiences who might not otherwise engage in this conversation. And if any of our listeners are interested in learning more about Seven Sacred Teachings and kind of following along as the project goes forward, where can they go to get more information and learn more? Yeah, our website. So right now we've got kind of the outline of the reconciliation project on there at sarasvati.ca. And as as it moves forward with more details, we will continue to update that. We've been posting on our blog already about the hiring of our new coordinator and the first steps. Uh, and we're looking at May 2019, uh, we will be doing a public kind of gathering to share the results of our consultations and the next steps. So there'll be information on the website for anyone who wants to come check that out. That's great. And we look forward to following along ourselves as well and, and having an update along the way about how things are going and how people can engage with the project. Absolutely. I've been speaking with Hope McIntyre, the Artistic Director of Sarasvati Productions. Hope, thank you again so much for joining me today. My pleasure. Thanks, Robert, and thanks again to Hope McIntyre of Sarasvati Productions. Coming up next, we're going to be joined via telephone by Ken Opalecki. He's the executive director of West Broadway Youth Outreach. They have a very cool and exciting, and it sounds like a lot of fun, reading readathon that's happening this Saturday, March 16th. So if you've got kids or grandkids, that, or if you yourself love to read and you want to learn uh, you know, more about West Broadway, you can go on down to the Mulvey Elementary School this Saturday, like I said, March 16th from 9.30 a.m. to 3 p.m. Uh, Ken Opalecki is joining us next to tell us all about it, all about the details. I know there's prizes, pizza, and a ton of fun that's expected. So uh, we'll learn all about that after our next break. And since we're going to be talking about the readathon, how about a little If You Could Read My Mind by C.L. DeMastro right here on River City 360.
Thank you for listening to River City 360. My name is Nolan Bicknell, and I'm now joined via telephone by Ken Opalecki. He's the executive director of West Broadway Youth Outreach. Ken, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having us. So we've had you on the show actually last week because you were the Fast Pitch 2019 first place winner as well. I mean, you're the 2018 Order of Manitoba recipient. You're ED of West Broadway. A man of many talents, uh, but I, but today we're going to be talking about West Broadway Youth Outreach. Um, so maybe tying in Fast Pitch a little bit, give me the 30-second Fast Pitch about what West Broadway does and, and how you've been uh, affecting the, the community for, for so many years. Wow. Um, First of all, West Broadway is a life skills program um, with uh, camouflaged as um, a youth drop-in because you name the life skill, whether it's cooking, sewing, music lessons, yoga, we do it. But most people come in thinking that our program is um, it's just a drop-in. Oh, you go, you run around in the gym. I mean, we have all of that. We have the you know large motorcycle activities, but it's the life skill stuff that we are completely focused on um, on offering children of our city. Um, and all of it is done by, oh, we have like six dozen volunteers who have completely bought into, you know, our mantra, which is that, you know, our city's children's um, future is, is, you know, is infinite, infinitely mm-hmm. filled with potential, immeasurable potential. So without those volunteers, the most important part of West Broadway, we simply don't do what we do. For sure. So you, last week you told me you've been doing this essentially for 30 years, right? So give me, paint me a little picture about 30 years ago. How, how has the area in, in your community and around West Broadway sort of changed since you started giving back nearly those, you know, three decades ago? You know what? Um, it's, it's night and day. It really, it really is. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, new families moving in from different communities and that, you know, a lot of the, you know, broken down homes and that are definitely getting, you know, fixed up. Um, there's good and bad to that, but mostly it's, it is good, in my opinion, mm-hmm. where just the safety, you know, aspect of the community, you know, um, is, has increased immeasurably. Um, I mean, as a, as a, early teen I lived in this neighborhood myself when I came came here from Jamaica but um, but the change is it's not just visible it, it, it's a feeling wise you know where people are having that feeling that yes it's the sun's going down it's dark um, it's not always oh, downtown it's more like it's it's my community and um, it's 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 a wonderful place to work and live so I I wouldn't trade it in for anything. Very cool. Very well said. You talk a lot about potential and I would imagine that every single kid is basically a blank slate that comes in and has tons of potential that you see in them. So what what are some of the what are some of the ways that you try to coax out that potential and, and make these kids really really maximize their potential as it were? You know what? Honestly, um, the majority of what we do is recognizing the second most important part of West Broadway which is the parents. Mm. I mean, if they're entrusting the most important part of their lives to us for an hour or upwards of 40 hours a week, you never know. So without that trust, um, you know, it, 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 does, it doesn't happen. And they come to us, many of these children come to us with, um, in, in many cases, with the mindset of their parents, you know, which is, you know, we're not about to sit and relax and be okay with our station in life. We're going to work 
Um, we're going to do the best we can to get as far as we can, but at no point in time are we going to, you know, be self-absorbed about it. And it's just having the opportunity to say to a parent, um, you, you know, you are an amazing parent. And they kind of give you the look. And you're like, well, it's just your child is so unbelievably respectful. They're so considerate of others. They have a sense of empathy at such a young age that leaves me envying, you know, <laughs> them, uh, you know, on many levels. And I just think it, it's it's important. Is it just maybe that these kids and these parents even haven't heard that sort of positive reinforcement or haven't really been told that they can make something of themselves? You know what? I think that on, on many levels could definitely be, you know, so because it's always a um, not always, but most often it's a surprising look mm. when you're when you're telling them. I, I don't know if you know this, but when you're not around, they're the most helpful child when it comes time to do dishes. When you're not around, um, they are so giving about helping the younger ones, you know, with their laces or zipping up their jackets and things like that. And they themselves are are quite young. So that comes from somewhere. And we simply, you know, we, we're simply, as I said, thankful about having this being shared with us by the parents. So it's just a matter of reinforcing to them that, you know, we're here for you. We're in your corner mm-hmm. and we're prepared to support you every step of the way from the moment you come to us um, in grade three to, you know, the moment you graduate high school and we, are, we obnoxiously cheer you with our trumpets and powwow drums and whatever to let everybody know that you're, you know, you're amazing. To when you graduate, you know, your first degree or your second degree, you know, we start instilling that or reminding them that, you know what, the future is bright, you know, at every level, whether it's, you know, look, you've read 10 books, you can join us out to a movie this month, or you've, um, you've attended this many homework clubs. So you're in the top five. So guess what? You five get to be front row Rihanna or something to that effect. So, you know, whatever we get donated. Oh, yeah. So it's just reinforcing, you know, that you're amazing. For sure. So you mentioned, you know, reading 10 books. Tell me a little bit about the Readathon, West Broadway Youth Outreach's annual Readathon that's happening March 16th. Give me a a rundown. How long has this been going on and and what exactly happens at the Readathon? For the last nine years, anywhere from 70 to 100 Manitoba lawyers volunteer a day to read to children, to listen to children read to them, but most importantly, to say, you know what, I'm here for you, I hear how awesome you are, and I'm going to take absolute pleasure in these hours that I'm giving you between 9 and 3 p.m. So it's, it's just a wonderful thing. So a community school, Mulvey Elementary, um, uh, donates their gym to us, um, wonderful um, school principal, et cetera, teachers, very supportive. And we just spend the day, you know, putting chairs out in twos throughout the gym. And we have a, you know, half an hour pizza party halfway through. And the goal is this year is to read um, 1,200 books. Wow. Last year we read it. Yes, last year we read 1,136. So the goal this year is 1,200. So each increment of 200 that the kids get to, we, you know, there's something. Okay, you hit 200. Oh, we're going the next following Saturday. We're going swimming. The entire mm-hmm. group that was here to um, to read and so on. But I mean, it's just it's the attention. I mean, the mm-hmm. kids enjoy the reading. We all know the benefits of reading, but it's knowing that these professionals 
And that's the reason it's happening, because of, you know, the Manitoba Law Society. They're giving of themselves to say to these kids, you're phenomenal. You know, and they don't even need to do it in words. They yeah. just do it in the fact that, you know, they're there. Yeah. And they're present in every way imaginable. Very cool. So by the looks of it, I'm on the, I'm on the website right now. It's West Broadway Youth Outreach, all one word, dot com. The, the Law Society of Manitoba is coming March 16th. That's this coming Saturday. So if you're listening on Thursday, if you got time, and if you're even listening on the repeat broadcast Saturday morning, it starts at 9.30 a.m. at Mulvey Elementary School, which is at 750 Wolseley. Uh, and yeah, bring um, what are all ages involved? Who, who can all come here? All ages. Great. First hundred. Um, there's a door prize for. Um, we've had a donated air hockey table. Oh, um, cool. A, oh, yeah. Some e-readers, multiple, a bike, multiple other prizes. So it's simply um, based on however many books you read or if you're at a higher reading level, however many chapters you Very read cool. to, um, to these amazing volunteers. And it's a party we've had for the last nine years. And the way it's been going, I don't see it ending anytime soon. So, sounds great. So again, Saturday, March 16th, 9.30 a.m. to 3 p.m. at Mulvey Elementary School. That's 750 Wolseley. You can go to westbroadwayyouthoutreach.com for more information. Ken, you're always so generous with your time with us. Thank you for talking to us today on the show, and uh, good luck this Saturday at the, at the Readathon. Have fun. Thank you very much. Thanks, Nolan. Coming up next is our Winnipeg Impact Maker of the Week. Sunny Primolo brings us a local entrepreneur or business person who's not only providing Winnipeg with a service, but also giving back to our community. This week, he'll speak with Dallas Friesen and his organization, Lynn's Heating, Cooling, Sewer, and Drain. They've been helping out the community by volunteering their time at Agape Table. Before we get to Sunny's interview, though, here is Bill Black's combo with Cool Water, right here on River City 360.
Welcome back to River City 360. I'm Sonny Promolo. As you all know, Manitoba is home to some of the most giving people in the country. To share those stories, I'm going around the city to speak with impact makers in Winnipeg, and today I'm with Dallas Friesen, who's the owner-operator of Lynn's Heating, Cooling, Sewer, and Drain. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thank you. The pleasure's mine. Let's start off with Lynn's. I know uh, people can probably recognize you on the streets uh, with your uh, pretty interesting vans. Can you tell me what was uh, what was behind the concept of the vans? Well, we are known for our pink and blue and the toilet seat on the side of our vehicles, but uh, hopefully known for our good service as well. With our, our vans, we, we thought we'd have a little bit of marketing and, and design created about 10 years ago by my dad, Bruce, and uh, myself. And it's really taken off in our city and um, really branded us as uh, a different plumbing and heating company here. I recently heard of uh, you guys going to help out Agape Table through your Lunch with Linz. Can you tell me what is Lunch with Linz and how it all started? Yeah, so Lunch with Linz, uh, we kicked it off this year, um, really trying to give back uh, with our whole team, office, all the technicians, the installers, uh, giving back to the community and we, we kind of choose a different organization month to month but we've really been hands-on and heavily involved with Agape Table. Why did you choose Agape Table to I guess get involved with? Uh, I'm part of a business networking group and Jay Lynn the sponsor of Agape Table approached us um, with great information and a little bit of history on the Agape Table from 1980 you know, she was talking about for a dollar a day, you can feed up to 20 people. And that really uh, kind of hit home to me, seeing a lot of impoverished uh, families that we've worked with in the past or Manitoba housing families. And I thought it would be a great uh, opportunity to step up with our full team to uh, give back. Awesome. So the entire team takes that time and goes down to a gappy table? Yeah, so um, we, we're able to pick a day once once a month, twice a month, as, as often as we want. Um, and each guy will, will kind of donate their two hours of wages. Uh, we will donate our time. And, you know, we got guys from being in the kitchen, cooking vegetables, soups. Um, two of our guys are on the dish uh, pit and, and just smiling, having fun. Uh, myself, I, I'm out on the floor serving, cleaning up, and just really interacting hands-on with the community that way. It, uh, it's really neat to uh, make new friends. Uh, people are excited to see us, and uh, that, that is the greatest reward of all. So, Absolutely. And since you're giving to the community through Agape Table, you're actually getting something back. What have you guys learned through your time at Agape Table? Well, outside of meeting great influential people that uh, basically just want to share their story with us, uh, what I get back, uh, uh, well, recognition from the community, the Agape themselves, and um, feeling good, feeling a sense of community. Our team morale is at its peak right now because the guys really enjoy it. They say, when are we going back? What are we, what are we doing next? And... Um, you know, I see them bring in their own shoes, their own clothes that don't fit. Um, you know, start start doing things at a personal level, not because I'm making them show up and go there for, you know, 8 to 11. Um, they are wanting to be there and asking me when we're going next. So that, that shows me that they're really into it. What other philanthropic things do you guys plan on doing? Like, uh, I know you're planning on continuing with the Gappy Table, right? Yeah, we are also um, very heavily involved in the sporting community. So we do sponsor uh, the Bonnie Vitell Soccer Association, the teams that way. 
we love seeing kids in sport, um, you know, collecting cleats for inner city youth for, um, you know, soccer programs. And um, maybe not as a financial donation, but time is sometimes more valuable than, than the, the money. So giving our time back where needed, um, coaching, um, doing a lot uh, for the community outside of just finances. So how many staff uh, do you actually have at these events? So we actually have seven full-time staff that are on our uh, payroll and then two retired staff that are actually coming out of retirement to come and join us and, and do these activities because they want to still be part of the team, still keep the morale uh, positive and, and be a part of the action. That's really amazing that uh, organizations like Lens is going out and helping out the community. Uh, what would you want to say to other organizations in Winnipeg about philanthropy and giving back? Well, um, seeing larger plumbing and heating firms uh, like our, our Facebook posts when we are volunteering, I, I put out challenges to my, my competitors and to the, the bigger name companies that are, are well known in Winnipeg. And so I kind of say, you know what? get your team out do the volunteering you'll meet a lot of great people um, your your team morale is at an all-time high it's great for team building and that's the only thing I could suggest is you know it's not a financial donation where you write a check and that's a great tax write-off it's not about that it's about being hands-on and seeing how you can make a difference and has anybody taken up that challenge uh, well, I'm, I'm waiting to uh, get some feedback. They, I had a couple likes, so I assume they've acknowledged it, but the challenge is still out. So, oh, We're looking forward to it. Again, thank you, Dallas, for coming on the show. Is there anything that you would like to add about Agape Table or uh, Lens? Yeah, so with, with Agape, um, there's a lot of different um, timelines to do drop-offs and, and food pickups if you're not... Um, serving at the uh, church basement there um, there is the grocery stores there is food banks open uh, different days of the week you can go to their website uh, and that is something that um, you can see many many different ways to give back to uh, agape that way how can people get a hold of you and uh, your organization well, the social media is uh, our most powerful tool, so if you'd like to go to our Facebook page at Linz Winnipeg or Linz Heating and Cooling, uh, our website, we do upload pictures, links. We will be having uh, links following this going directly to the Agape table, and you can reach out to Jay Lynn there or Tyler there who run the program. Yeah, so our, our direct office line is 204-786-6677. Or our website at linswinnipeg.ca. Uh, you can phone us. We can uh, keep in contact, not only for emergency plumbing services, but you know, if you have sports teams, if you have other um, agape table-related uh, businesses, uh, we'd love to be there to help out and, and give our time back uh, throughout the community. Excellent. Thanks to Dallas and his staff for sharing their story of giving. If you or anyone you know is making an impact in our city, reach out and call 204-944-9474, extension 360. Again, that's 204-944-9474, extension 360. We'd love to hear about it. This is Sunny Promolo for River City 360. Thanks, Sunny. That was this week's Winnipeg Impact Maker, and every week Sunny Promolo is bringing us a local entrepreneur or business person who is not only providing Winnipeg with a service, but also giving back to their community in some way. So if you've got someone that you know of that runs a small business and is also, you know, div 
devoting some of their time to helping out the community in some way, give us a call. We want to hear about them and we want to tell their story. So call 204-944-9474, extension 360, and leave us a message and tell us all about the Winnipeg impact maker in your life. Coming up next, we've got time for some more music before we say goodbye today. So here's Peter Appleyard with Yellow Bird right here on RC360. to River City 360. Nolan and Robert here with you today. And we just wanted to give you a little sneak peek of what's coming up next week on the show. Uh, because today, actually, earlier this morning, the Winnipeg Foundation made its $500 million in uh, community grants, cumulative community grants, since its inception way back in 1921. So that's $500 million out to the community. And it went to The Wrench. Now, The Wrench is a nonprofit. We've uh, covered them on the show before a couple times. That's all about youth programming, helping them build bicycles, uh, helping educate people on the importance of riding bikes, and basically just anything to do with bike repair and education and cycling 
the wrench does it. Uh, so we were there this morning. We got a little bit of audio, and uh, that's going to be coming at you next week. But uh, congratulations to the Winnipeg Foundation and to the wrench for being part of this monumentous occasion. $500 million back to the community is an incredible achievement. And uh, yeah, we just wanted to mention that, and we will have a lot more coming next week. And we've got time for one last song before we say goodbye today. So here's a little bit of uh, National Pops with Charles Gerhardt with a song in my heart right here on RC360. That's a wrap on this week's episode of River City 360. Thank you so much for tuning in today and a huge thank you to all of our guests for talking to us as well. If you'd like to hear more River City 360, listen to any of our past episodes or subscribe to the podcast, you can do that online at rivercity360.org. Again, that's rivercity360.org. River City 360, views and news from around Winnipeg is a project of the Winnipeg Foundation in partnership with CJNU 93.7 FM. And of course, we'd love to hear your feedback about the show. If you'd like to request a song, suggest a topic for a future show, or if there's a Winnipeg impact maker that you know that you'd like for us to chat with on the program, please give us a call. Our number is 204-944-9474, extension 360. Again, that's 204-944-9474, extension 360. You can also message us on Twitter or Facebook by searching at WPGFDN on Twitter, or just searching the Winnipeg Foundation on Facebook as well. I'm Nolan Bicknell, signing off and saying goodbye for River City 360. And I'm Robert Zirk. Thank you again so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Have a great day and a great weekend.